Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the March Arch podcast in this 2023-2024 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, we are going to recap um, part one of the non-conference season here. Baker, we're going to go over how the teams did in the MTEs and respective single games. And then the conference season starts for the first time this year. So um, the conference season for the Missouri Valley will be tipping off on Tuesday, November 28th. And we're here to give you a rundown of those opening games. But before we get into that, how are we doing today, Baker? Doing good. Um, Things are going really well in the Valley. So uh, not a lot to complain about Vance. Uh, How do you feel about uh, you you guys get to tip it off? I mean, as a fan going into night one of the first Valley game of the year, your Salukis. You can't beat it, uh, Baker. And it's, it's one of those of, we had a, um, a better than expected non-conference season. So expectations for going to Terre Haute are a little bit different than what I probably would have said here, um, you know, a while back, or at least in some of the preseason episodes. And I think I told you this either via text or um, in person. I said, I'm happily eating crow um, from where my expectations are, um, you know, when we were doing the preseason episodes versus where we are today on November 27th. Yeah, when we get to Salukis, I got a lot of crow to eat myself on this one, but um, yeah, no doubt about it. I think it's uh, it's it's just it's interesting. It's trying to where where the valley is doing so well right now as as a non conference. We'll get into it here in a little bit, but now we all have to go to hating each other for a week, and then we got to go back to go back to cheering for each other again. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just such a weird dynamic, but. Um, it's like, cause Illinois state, I'm a Redbird fan. Those of you who've been listening know that, um, we play UIC. UIC is probably one of the darlings of the preseason so far. They've been awesome. Everybody's been excited about their, their win over Loyola, but I hate them going into Thursday. That's just, that's just the reality of, uh, being a fan of this league. It's, uh, there's a lot of ebbs and flows with your fandom and how you look at the other teams in the league, Vance. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and it's tough um, because, you know, sometimes you're just in the middle of non-con and you've got this break. And it's why we ask coaches every on every interview is like, hey, do you like this or not? Does it kind of change your mindset? Because as a fan, it's tough to change your mindset. Um, as a coach, um, not that you treat, you know, conference games different than non-conference games, but there's a familiarity that um, you're almost comfortable prepping for conference games potentially um, in a different way than non-con and just having to break up your your day is a little bit different in my mind it's definitely a different feeling and, and i think we've had unanimous uh coaches disapproval of the early season games i think everybody gets it they understand why but if they had their choice i think you'd shoehorn them in right before the uh end of the year Yep, exactly. But hey, um, you know, that's not the case this year. And uh, we get to talk a little bit about um, where each of the Missouri Valley teams are at this point of the season as we head in to the um, part A of the of the conference season. All right, Valley fans, what we're going to do now is kind of go through the last time we spoke um, or last podcast episode. And so starting with the game, starting on 11-17, a little production note here is we're going to do these by Ken Palm ranking. So we're going to start off with the Bradley Braves, who are 6-0 overall and went to the SoCal Challenge and brought home the Surf Division Surfboard, which is their version of the trophy. They went out to the SoCal Challenge and knocked off Tulane, UTEP, and Vermont. They are undefeated, one of two Missouri Valley teams that are still undefeated at this point in the season. Baker. Yeah, no, Bradley's been awesome. I mean, this is, uh, it's it's hard not to start with them, how good they've been this this last little while. Um, Two really hard-fought wins against Tulane and UTEP in the SoCal Challenge. Uh, A couple of close games, I I was so happy that they won that Tulane game because I was like, oh, okay, on the day before Thanksgiving, I can actually watch their game because had they lost, the game was going to be at like 
past midnight my time. So really happy they beat Tulane and could play UTEP in that early, early as I say, nine thirty game. Um, and also, you know, um, not to not to be uh, forgotten, uh, bookended by a couple of wins, Tarleton State and Vermont at uh, in Peoria, a couple of nice wins for them. It's you know what, watching that Vermont game, Vance. I feel like this happens, and I don't know if other Valley fans have been noticing this. We've been kind of texting some of our groups about it. It seems like the our, the Valley teams have these 20-point leads, which really help the metrics. Like, when margin of victory does help in these mm-hmm. metrics. And it feels like it happens – only happens to Valley teams that these teams will claw back and make it a nine-point game. Like, the Vermont game was like 20, and then it ended up being a nine-point game because I got hit like four threes in a row. And it's just like, I feel like that only happens to, to Valley teams. But um, since we last talked, four wins, four impressive wins, um, going out, getting a trophy or a surfboard, whatever it was, a boogie board, I think it was. Um, Bradley's Bradley's looking great. I, there's nothing, I can't say anything bad about him right now. They're rolling um, just because Kim Bomb is what we're basing our conversation around. They are up 22 spots. Um preseason versus today in Kimpom. They're top 100. They're 77 as of November 27th. Um, and um, this is kind of breaking news today. They are getting AP top 25 uh, votes. They got a vote in the top 25 um, this week. So Bradley is uh, making a name for themselves in the non-conference and nationally as they start. Um, uh, if they keep winning, you're going to still keep uh, getting votes. Yeah, a couple of tough, tough matchups coming up for them, but uh, we'll get into that when we uh, preview the conference games. All right, we'll move on to the Drake Bulldogs, who are 5-1 and one overall. Um, in their MTE, they won the opening round um, against Oakland in the Cayman Islands Classic before dropping to uh, Stephen F. Austin and then, uh, or, and then beating Akron in the final game. So they were 2-1 and one in their MTE, and then they took a pair of business in, um, at home against Texas Southern on Saturday. Yeah, um... They're five and one, which good record. Um, still pretty decently up there in the Ken Palm. But um, I think if you're a Drake fan, you're probably not super excited about the last th- four games. Um, going two and one in their uh, tournament, it was just a weird, weird deal. They played Stephen F. Austin, who's a pretty good team, but they got stomped in the ground. Mm-hmm. And then they played Akron, who's also a pretty good team, and then they stomped them in the ground. So, um, it seems like, and 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 I don't want to not mention the Texas Southern game, which Texas Southern, for those of you who don't know, are I believe three hundred ranked in Ken Palm somewhere. They're way up there. Um, I think they were zero and six going in that game, and Drake only beat them by six at home, and it was tied going in the final four minutes of that game. So, to put it this way, I I don't think we've seen the best of Drake yet. I still think that there's they definitely have another level out there. Um, but my question for them that I have around them is. Will this inconsistency creep the, their way in the conference? And maybe they start off slow when we get into conference play. And plus, they've got a really, really difficult game. I know they have Valpo to start, but they also have Missouri State coming up. Um, it, it seems like in these four games, it was a good game, then a bad game. Good game, then bad game. Um, I, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with Drake. I'm, I, I know there's a better version of Drake. We just haven't seen it yet, Vance. Yeah, the best is yet to come, and I just think um, you nailed it. And it's it's the loss that they do have. It's the way they lost. You know, it was, yeah. it was almost twenty points um, in that loss, and just not a Drake that we thought being no. the preseason favorite. Tucker DeRidge got the Player of the Year, and we're not placing it on anybody. It's just it's it's not the clean, crisp Drake Bulldogs that we're used to. And I think some of it is just with the roster turnover. You you lose the, the most veteran team we've probably ever seen in Missouri Valley last year, and you're just getting some new faces that you're trying to get going. It's impossible to replace Roman Penn and Garrett starts. It's just, it is like, yep. you can, it, they have a lot of talent on this Drake team and maybe talent for talent. You might be able to argue that they did replace them in better ways, but like Roman Penn and Garrett starts with the heart and soul of that team. Like they, mm-hmm. they just were, they made the plays when they had to. Um, I'm not like, I'm not hitting the panic button totally yet. Um, like I said, the best is yet to come with this team, but that it, the Texas Southern game was one that really, I think it really frustrated me watching them because they were they were up by like twelve points middle of the second half, and then they just kind of stopped. They took the foot off the gas big time, and Texas mm-hmm. Southern looked like they were hungry. They were ready to play, and when you're at home against a team like Texas Southern, 
you shouldn't be going in the final four minutes having to buckle down and win a game. Now they did, right. they handled their business, but I just, if, if I'm a Drake fan, the last week and a half has been unacceptable. Yep. Um, let's move on to the other Iowa team, the Northern Iowa Panthers, um, who are two and four on the season. Um, they played in the best MTE, the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis, um, where they went one and two with losses to North Carolina, Texas tech, and then beating Stanford handily, which, um, really kind of made up for, um, I would say a lackluster start, uh, for the Panthers. I know that there's, um, just some concerns with Bowen Bourne and maybe some, um, injury or, um, just ailment that he's not at a hundred percent, which I think is contributing to this. Um, but ultimately that Stanford win is, we're going to look back on as, uh, uh, depending on how they do in conference season, it might be one of those, uh, turning points for the Panthers. Yeah, no question. Um, the, and, and, and I don't want to forget about the game in South Florida where Bowen Bourne played 20 minutes and they lost by nine at South Florida. I think if he plays and he's 100% in that game, I think that's a different outcome, which is really unfortunate for them. Um, having those two losses with North Texas and South Florida and then having to go to the, the Bahamas for those games. Um, the trip was, I, I mean, it was satisfying in the end when you get the mm-hmm. game, game against Stanford because they were top 100 team, um, beaten by 22, which is great. The North Carolina game, um, I mean, they led at halftime, but the way North Carolina came out of the second half, I don't think a team in America was going to beat them that day. Like they, <laughs> right. I think what they hit, like, I think they were like eight for 10 to start from three out of the break, <laughs> which, I mean, it was just, it was a gut punch, but it was what it was. Um, that Texas Tech game, they let slip out of their hands. That, mm-hmm. if, I, that, if I'm a Northern Iowa fan, that one's gutting me right now. They, they mm-hmm. should have won that game on Thanksgiving. Um, ended up losing by two. That game, they had the whole, they had control of that game the whole way. And, totally. and it felt like down the stretch, they just kind of fumbled it. But um, did make up for it against Stanford. A um, couple of really tough games coming up for them here in conference play. And then, they, and then their non-conference doesn't get any easier either because they're, they're going to have Richmond, Toledo, uh, a few games after this. So plenty of opportunity for them to get really good wins. Um, but I think they need to make sure that they're healthy and good to go for these games. Um, I think the I will say at least the Stanford game, I think that reminded you how good Northern Iowa can be this year, and yep. why I picked them as my conference favorite, why you picked them as the second your your number two team in the league. That was why this team's good. Yep, um, I'm with you. So we'll move on to the five and one Indiana State Sycamores, who have pretty much done what we needed them to do um, in non conference thus far. Um, they in their MTE they were three and zero and won it. Um, where they beat Rice, Pepperdine, and Toledo in the championship. Yeah, the bracketless tournament. Um, good old Flow Hoops. I'm so happy Flow Hoops is done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, really good wins. Um, the the Rice game was really impressive as Rice was it, they were leading midway through the first half, and then Indiana State just kind of flipped a switch and the game was over and uh, the game against Pepperdine. It was an eight point game. It wasn't that close. Pepperdine made a run toward the end of the game. Um, but Northern Iowa, or I'm sorry, Indiana state was handling them throughout that game. And then a really gutsy win against a good Toledo team. That's a really yep. good win for them. Um, all you can really say is Indiana state's taking care of business. They had that win against IUPUI as well on the schedule. They're, they're taking care of business. The loss against Alabama hurts. Um, that's their only blemish in, on the season, but you didn't have Robbie, Robbie Avila, and yep. we've seen how good he's been since he's come out, since he's been playing again. He has just been awesome. He had he had 27 against Rice the other day, or 28, and um, you know him, Swope. This these guys, they were they were on it when they were at the the Ball Dogs bracketless tournament that they were in. So uh, yeah, no, hats off. To I think we're just handling their business. I think we're seeing why Isaiah Swope, um, you know, kind of crept up in the preseason accolades with um, a new player to the Valley. I mean, he scored over 20 points in, in multiple games. So, I mean, he's, there was a lot of question marks and, and maybe not question marks is unfamiliarity with him. Um, and he's turning out to be one of those players in the Valley this year. Yeah, no question about it. Indiana state definitely a team to be reckoned with. And the bears, uh, we will go to the five and one bears. Um, where it, in their MTE, they went 3-0, and beating Florida Gulf Coast, Kent State, and Abilene Christian. And then um, this weekend, they had they hosted South Carolina State. Yeah, the uh, 
awesome, an awesome MTE for Missouri State. They won all three games. They won the Paradise Jam. Um, it, they're playing really good basketball, fans. It's it's hard to it's hard to argue with the results here. They they handled. There was the Florida Gulf Coast game was was tough at times, but they they kind of handled things toward the end of the game and separated themselves. The Kent State was a really good gutsy win. Don McClay was awesome in that game, and then. In that game against uh, Abilene Christian in the championship, they really just handled them. I mean, Abilene mm-hmm. Christian jumped on them really quickly early. I think they were up by 11 really early in the game. And Missouri State, to no fall of their own, they by the middle beginning of the second half, they were up by 10 themselves mm-hmm. and rolled to a victory there. Um, and then followed it up where a lot of Missouri State teams in the past fans have had like a letdown after big wins or a lot of success. They didn't. They won by almost 20 against South Carolina State, who I know is not a great team, but – just getting that next win, that confidence booster is huge for this team. So I don't have anything bad to say about Missouri State. They're playing really good basketball. They're one they are arguably one of the most talented teams in this league. And they have it one through five. Uh, I, I know. And it's it's one of those of I think it's just kind of uh at, at times in the preseason. Um Missouri State has left a lot to be desired, and they're they're doing what we want them to, and um, we're just kind of seeing if it'll hold on through a, a twenty game um, conference season. Yeah, and Austin Mason is a guy who was oh, toward the yeah. end of last year was really tearing it up, and now in just starting where he left off, he's been awesome <laughs> early in the season. Um, this is a really good team. Having Matthew Lee now on this team is is such a big part of it. I mean, Vance, Missouri State's they're a scary team with how talented By- they are. I, I mean, they're one of those that you, you could potentially start buying some stock in um, here come conference season. So we will move on to the UIC Flames, um, the darling, uh, at least in the last uh, episode where we were coming off the, the Loyola win. Um, they went and won three in a row um, and before losing uh, last night. So they went to the Baja Mar Nassau Championship um, where they won two games, beating Middle Tennessee and George Washington. Washington. Um, and then, like I said, last night they lost to UNC Greensboro. Um, oh, sorry. Also in the, uh, the Nassau championship, that was not a home game. Yeah, no, that was a gut wrencher last night. Uh, they're going to, they're going to have nightmares over that game. They should have won it um, against UNC Greensboro, but taking a step back from that uh, to be five and two right now, uh, two impressive wins, middle Tennessee state, they just beat the brakes off of them. And then getting a win against George Washington, an A-10 team. Uh, UIC is the real deal. They're going to be a hard out for anyone in the league. And uh, if people are wor- – this, they're, they've been so impressive so far this year. This is – you them and them and the next – one of the next teams we're going to talk about are just – it's yep. hard to see them fall into the bottom four now. It really to put is. it in context, to put it in context, the team that I believe Baker's referencing is Evansville. Um, those two teams are the biggest uh, movers when it comes to Kim Palm. UIC is up 132 spots um, compared to the, where they were in the preseason. Yeah, and I think, and then one, and then obviously we talk about Okani. He's he's the kind of the known person with this team, but Isaiah Rivera is right there, if not more impressive with his scoring. He's going to be very much in the mix for an All Conference if he continues the pace he's on. Absolutely. All right, let's move to the Southern Illinois Salukis, who are four and one on the season. Um, they went to the Cancun Challenge in their MTE, where they lost the opening round game to uh, James Madison, um, and then before beating New Mexico State, the Dogs. All right, um, I'm gonna need some crow here. This team's been way better than I thought they were gonna be. Um, playing against George- James Madison. Vance, that game was that game was competitive. I mean, you were leading with about mm-hmm. three or four minutes to go in that game, and James Madison, I mean, honestly, better team made some plays at the end, got it done. Only one though by six points, incredibly impressive. Um, I, I think I know I owe an apology to Xavier Johnson. He's been Ugh. so good yeah. this season. Um, God, we're I, I wish we could unlock this last year mm-hmm. of him, and that's what I think is really stinging if you're a Saluki fan, but. Listen, taking care of business, they would you guys win by 27 against New Mexico State? Um, you know, prior to that, you went three and oh, didn't really play anybody, but you still went three and oh, you're four and one right now. And I think that the scoring quote unquote scare that I think everybody has a Saluki fan, you were worried that whether or not they'd be able to score the basketball. Well, they have been, they have been scoring the basketball, they've been playing good defense. Um, 
I think the Saluki team so far, they look like they're going to be better than we thought. Yep. I hope so. I hope you're right, Baker. Um, but yeah, I got to point out Xavier Johnson. If, if no one uh, followed the James Madison game, he had 38 points, um, unfortunately in a loss. But, you know, when you think of anyone that where's the scoring going to come from uh, for the Salukis, it's it's definitely him. But, you know, I, I'm happy with just the three point shooting out of the Salukis. You know, Trent Brown's contributing in big ways. Um, and it's not just um, it's not going to come from the same person every night, um, night in and night out. In my opinion, uh, the ball's just not getting stuck. Um, on just a couple players, and it's it's moving around. We're at a we're playing in a, a higher tempo and pace that I've ever seen um, a Southern Illinois Salukis uh, team in the Brian Mullins era. Yeah, you'll be curious to see how that can translates when you get in the Valley play um, mm-hmm. when the game gets slowed down quite a bit. Uh, but no, so far so good. I mean, like you got to be over the moon. Yep, and so we will move to the Murray State Racers, um, who are two and three overall and are on a three-game losing streak, um, losing at home to Western Kentucky and then losing in their MTE to UNC Wilmington and Appalachian State. Those of you who have access to go back and watch the end of the UNC Wilmington Murray State game, that is a definition of how to lose a game um, in the worst possible way. It was. Just, yeah, go watch it. I don't even want to talk about it. It was Murray State's not been great. Uh, I don't think we, there's, there's much kind things to say about them. Um, you know, losing that game to Western Kentucky, which we talked about last week, was a, a game I think that they wish they could have had back. They, they could have won that game at home. Um, and then to go to their MT in Fort Myers and go 0 2 with, um, you know, the game against Wilmington, which you should have won. And then the game against Appalachian State, which I just didn't think they were very good in. Um, Murray State's got a lot of talent, but they got to get it together quick. Um, they're going to have to find it real fast because uh, they play Bradley <laughs> this <laughs> conference season. So, um, man, I don't have a ton about Murray State. It's just um, we know they're well coached. Coach Prohm's a good coach. They got talent on this team. Um, I it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and if they can get this thing turned around here for these couple yep. of games. And they went to the portal, so I think that this is just maybe just some early growing pains um, that hopefully it levels out come um, mid to late December. Yeah, uh, def- defensively they just haven't been very good. It yeah. just doesn't feel like they're they're at the point where they're going to be able to get a stop. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're playing and they're playing a very small lineup. So playing that small lineup in the valley, we're going to find out. Especially now going up against Bradley, that's going to be that's kind of one of the more intriguing things about that matchup. Yep. And we'll move on to another team with uh, also just some defensive challenges. Um, the Belmont Bruins, who are four and three on the season. Um, since the last time they talked, we talked, we had an episode. Uh, they lost at Arizona and then they went to the Cathedral of College Basketball at the Paustra, um, where they they lost to Monmouth before beating Penn in overtime and they beat Lafayette. Yeah, the uh, the Arizona game. Wow, that was. Uh... That was a butt kicking. Um, Arizona played really well in that game. They shot the ball great. And at home, a, no, there's not a team in America who's going to beat Arizona that night. So um, I don't really get too hard on Belmont for that. Uh, the Monmouth game, I think, was a game that maybe on paper you should have won. Um, but you dug yourself a hole in the first half, and it was really hard to dig your way out of it. Um, but on the plus side, it does seem like they've figured out their defense a little bit because they played a lot better defense in the second half against Penn, and they didn't play bad defensively against Lafayette either. Um, it was uh, – well, I take that back. The Penn game, it was more toward the very end of the game that they were playing – they were locking in, um, which is the first time I saw that. I know Penn scored 45, and people are screaming at me right now. Um, but I, I think this Belmont team, they're going to have to score 80 to win games in the Valley. That's going to be their mm-hmm. calling card. Uh, but at least getting back on the winning track, getting themselves to four and three, a uh, little bit of momentum going into these Valley games. All right, let's move on to the team um, who the second undefeated team for the Missouri Valley. Yes, the Evansville Purple Aces are six and zero. They're under two hundred in Kim Palm. Um, they went to the Chattanooga MTE and got two wins. Um, this after beating Ball State. So they have wins against Ball State, Chattanooga, and SEMO for the second time. Um, Baker, look at the aces. Don't don't sleep on them. 
Yeah, I can't believe it's taken this long to get to him. How awesome is is this to see? If you're an Aces fan, how oh. like good for you? You know, if you're an Evansville fan, I'm I can be happier for you. This is this is a dream start for your season. Uh, that win against Chattanooga was such a gutsy win the other day. Um, that was such an awesome comeback that they had in that game. Um, and then just handling their business in every other game. I mean, having to play a team twice in SEMO to beat them, beat the breaks off them twice has been awesome. Ben Hummerkaus has been so good for this team, Vance. He has to be another guy that you're looking at first, second team if this continues in the Missouri Valley Conference. He has been awesome for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been so good. Um, defensively, they lock in when they need to. Um, they can score the basketball to clip. They can put eight points on you in a heartbeat. Um, they have so many guys on this roster that they can go to at a certain time to get a bucket. You know, Kenny Strawbridge is a guy who's kind of, I don't even know if he's taking a step or a step back. It's just, he's kind of taking a back seat because Hummerkaus has been so good. And, um, you know, the freshman, probably one of the freshman of the year candidates, Chuck Bailey has been really good. This is, you know, Toomey's been, this is, they've all been good. And this was, I I can't say anything bad about this team right now. Um, This was, you know, we talked about this last year and we talked about in the off season, believe in coach Raglan. We do. And we think he's going to be, we think that things are going to be really good with him at some point. You just got to be patient. And I'm, this is probably quicker than I thought it was coming, but um, this is a real team. And this is, this is the most intriguing team to watch play these two conference games Mm -hmm. because now we get to see, because Let's be honest, some of the competition they did beat wasn't great, but yeah. they've looked so impressive doing it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they go one and one, two and oh. Uh, they've got Missouri State and Northern Iowa. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, sure. it's a team that we're, that we're very curious. I mean, um, Hummerkhaus, um, thank you for uh, getting Hummerkhaus. Hum, thank you for getting the phonetic uh, uh, pronunciation of that. Um, I texted me. you immediately because I was watching yeah. their game the other day and I knew we butchered it on the podcast. Right <laughs> and I was like, I had to text you right away. I was like, all right, we're not going to butcher this again because we're going to be talking about him <laughs> probably all year. So, uh, hey, he's figure- 16 of 31. So for every uh, every two three pointers he puts up, he's making one of them. I mean, that's I mean that's he's shooting it at that at a good clip. I mean, he's 58th nationally um, in three pointers. Um, yeah, and he doesn't and he doesn't just jack up threes either. He looks for he 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 yep. waits for a good look, and he's you're right. He's he's a very efficient player. I I you, he's awesome. Yep. I, What's there to say, Vance? Evansville, like play loose. I, I'm play kind of, loose, Evansville. I'm kind of I, love it. I know that they haven't really played the the competition Bradley has. I was kind of bummed they didn't get a vote. Why didn't somebody <laughs> give Evansville a vote? It's a lot of reasons they get a vote. Uh, uh, Baker, sure. but all right, let's move on to the Illinois State Redbirds, who are three and three um, in their MTE. They were one and two with uh, wins over Long Beach State and uh, losing to High Point and Wright State. Yeah, the uh, the Long Beach State game was awesome. They handled it from get, Jump Street, and Long Beach State, a really good team, would just be Michigan. So that was a really good win for them, a nine-point win. But one step forward, two steps back for this team because um, going up against High Point, they dug themselves a giant hole to start that game and had to claw their way, claw their way, claw their way back. And um, they just – it seemed like Lieb was having trouble with their big guy in that game. And um, Lewis did a really nice job on them. And he ended up fouling out, and they lost by two points. Um Dalton Banks had a really good look at a three at the end of that game. So did Pondexter. Um, really frustrating to lose that game to high point because I think you should have won. But uh, don't dig yourself a hole. You probably win that game. Um, and then you went against a good Wright State team. And Wright State just beat the brakes off Illinois State. Um, that was a frustrating loss. I was I watched the first half, and I didn't watch the second half because I knew, I knew the story of that game. Um, but – to win that first game, Vance, and you know the high that we were on as Redbird fans, like you beat Long Beach State, what a good win that, and it's such, because it was such a good win, and then to go zero and two in your next two, um, and let one slip away, and then just get the brakes knocked off you, um, one step forward, two steps back for this team, and I'm not like panicking as a Redbird fan. I still think they got a lot of talent. They they can get this together, but. Um, it hasn't come together as easily as I think we all hoped it would. And that's just kind of the the space we are in as Redbird fans. Yep. Thank you have a decent or a, a favorable two game stretch in conference um, that, that we'll get to here in a little bit. So hopefully we can get right tracked uh, for your case, Baker, No doubt. but we'll go to the last team that we're um, 
in Ken Palm. So Valparaiso is four and two um, since the last episode. They participated in the Illinois MT, whatever they're calling it, named after their AD, um, where uh, head coach Roger the Joseph Jr. J. Biggs Invitational Vance. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Roger Powell Jr. went home to Champaign, um, where, hey, uh, the Beacons were up at halftime on the University of Illinois, uh, but before ultimately losing that game, and then they got two back-to-back wins um, at or at home against Western Illinois and Southern. Yeah, you know what? They're they're playing hard, um, and and I think that's all we can really ask for for this team. Um, they 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 beat two pretty bad teams in Southern and Western Illinois, but they beat them. So mm-hmm. um, went to U of I and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty in the second half, but they were, it was funny. We were texting with some of our, uh, so I was texting with a few friends of mine, that are U of I fans are like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> like, and I was like, you know, it is what it is. And Valpo played really well, give them credit coming out of the break. But um, for me as a Valley fan, just kind of taking a 2000 foot view of Valpo, um, we are, they're taking care of business against the teams they they can beat. Mm-hmm. You know, like you put Green Bay, Western Illinois, Southern, and IUPUI in a bucket. They're you know very low end Division One teams. You're three and one against them. Um, to me, that's that's fine. Like if you're as a Valley fan, I can't. I, that's that's hitting my expectations for yep. for Valparaiso. So uh, to be four and one, four and two right now is uh, is a great sign. Um, couple winnable games coming up on their schedule before we get into a real conference play um here in december but um so far if you're a uh, roger powell fan a valpo fan you're at least seeing some progress and with a roster that had to be kind of flipped on its head and done on the fly you're doing what you can with what you got and so uh happy for valpo um four and two better than yeah. i expected yeah, absolutely, and and we need Valpo to be good, um, just due to the the gap between Valpo and Illinois State when it comes to Kim Palm is almost a hundred spots, ninety nine spots. So if we um, can get them inside that three hundred, that would that'd be, be great. That that'd would be great. Be phenomenal. Um, you know, Coach Powell needs to uh, print more of those grit um, chains that he passes out <laughs> at the end of the game. So I love uh, I, I love it too. Um, oh, but man. hey. Let's go there real quick before we kind of close out the um, non-conference part A. Um, Missouri Valley is sitting at the 11th ranked um, conference in NCAA basketball. Um, right behind the West Coast Conference, um, we're at um, plus 2.5. The West Coast Conference is at basically uh, plus 3.6. But the gap between 11 and 12, us in the Ivy League, um, has grown. So, you know, we've been texting a lot with this just in various group chats of just how good the Valley is top to bottom compared to last year. Um, And we're just going to make the most interesting conference season, I think, um, you know, that we've seen in a long time. No, this is – and this is the type of non-conference where you set yourself up for two bids. If you have two teams that that stand alone at the top who – who are putting together, if you look at a lot of these teams, like Bradley is putting together themselves a really nice resume, um, you know, Missouri State, there's other teams that are just, that are putting together these resumes. And when we get to the end of the year, being, have that conference ranking where it is, because here's the thing, the movement of the conferences right now in Ken Palm happens during non-conference, like the mm-hmm. movement of where your conference lands. And then you're just playing each other. Yep. And you're, so yeah, there's some movement later during conference season, but not quite as much as there is right now. So um, for us to be in 11th spot um, and really within striking distance of eighth, like, you know, just a, just a little over a point behind uh, the AAC in eighth place. So Vance, this is a dream start to the season. I mean, there's a few games we could have, we could have grabbed, but like we're, we're doing great. Yeah. We're talking multiple bids in uh, late November. That's a great place to be, which is awesome. All right, Valley fans, before we get into our game picks for the first conference games of the season, I'm going to do my first power rankings of the year. Um, this was a really tough thing to go through, and it was kind of going back and forth between some of the teams that have won. Like, because everybody's doing so well, Vance. And this was, that's what I think makes this so much fun is, you know, we've got teams, you know, seven and eight in my, in my power rankings that are really good. So um, I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, not something I love doing, but number one is Bradley. Um, They've been awesome to start the year. We talked all about it. Uh, there's no one I think that's 
more deserving of that number one spot. Number two for me is Evansville. Evansville's undefeated still. Um, they've taken care of business. They've been really impressive. Uh, Hummerkaus has been, you know, a revelation for this league, and he's going to be really good throughout the year. Number three for me, Indiana State. Other than that loss to um, Alabama has just been dominant in their games. They've been impressive in their basketball games uh, outside the close game they had with Toledo, which they handled. Uh, number four, Missouri State won their MT 3-0 there. They definitely have to give them a shout-out to them. At number five, I have UIC, um, you know, five through eight here. You can kind of you can kind of jumble a little bit, but I put UIC at fifth. Um, they beat Loyola, which is a big deal for us, and they uh, had a really good showing at their MT. I know that they did lose that last game, but um, two really good wins for them. At number six, Southern Illinois, um, team that I picked 11th in the league. I'm definitely eating crow today because they look way more impressive advanced than I definitely thought they were going to be. They were um, – you know, I was wondering whether that they could score, and then Xavier Johnson goes out and almost puts up forty against James Madison. So this is uh, this has been a, a great start. If you're a Saluki fan, this is the kind of start you were hoping for going into the season, where you lost your two leading scorers, two really good players of the Big Ten. So um, hats off to Southern Illinois at six. At number seven, I have the Drake Bulldogs. They are five and one, and I'm just I'm not totally impressed with their five and one. Um, they've had impressive moments. They've looked really good at times. They've looked really talented at times. I think Kevin Overton is going to be an awesome freshman, definitely in the mix for that uh, freshman of the year conversation. They have really good players on this team. They have really talented players. The player of the year preseason, Tucker DeVries. They just haven't put it all together yet, and they've had a few letdowns where, um, I don't know, I expect a little bit more out of Drake. But uh, number seven for them. At number eight, Northern Iowa. I'm not totally throwing in the towel. I know Bowen Bourne's been – uh, dealing with some nagging injuries they've uh, but the team against Stanford was a reminder to me of how good this team can be um, having that true post and Hudson out there is I think a really big deal for them having Heisey back is also a really big deal for them they look like they're going to be just fine once we get into conference play um, really hard to not believe in uh, ben Jacobson and number nine I have Belmont I think Belmont moved themselves up uh, last minute here uh, with the last couple wins that they've had in their MTE. Uh, they've got a lot of talent. they got Cade Tyson, uh, preseason first-teamer. Um, Diaz has been awesome as well. They, they're too talented to, to be a, this low in the rankings for me, but um, their defensive struggles at times have definitely led to that. At number 10, I have Valparaiso. Valparaiso taking care of business when they needed to. Um, they did a really good job with – they're, uh, you know, going three and one, like I said, against those teams that you can beat that are kind of in that same ranking mix. They've moved up eight spots in Ken Palm. So um, with the expectations of Valpo had at the beginning of the season, I don't think any Valpo fan or any Valley fan should be upset right now with them. And number 11, I have Illinois State. Illinois State, I, I think they, I think they're slightly higher up than Murray State at 12, just because they had that win against Long Beach State. They look really good in that game. Um, but let a couple of games slip by. They're very, very talented. You can see that when you watch them play. Um, this is a really co hard coaching job for Ryan Peden, though. You really, you went hard in the portal. You you flipped a lot of your roster, and it's a new team, really, from last year. Um, it's going to be really hard to blend the the similar the the known faces with these new faces and try to make it work. Find your right lineups. I know he's had a lot of trouble, or not a lot of trouble, but they've done a lot of mixing and matching with what lineups they're putting out there. And I think that that's shown throughout the first few games. So um, not totally panic button on my Redbirds. And, you know, Murray State at that um, number 12 spot. If Murray State's our 12th best team right now, that's a great thing for the Valley because Murray State's talented. Um, Vance, they've got a lot of talent on that team. We know that. They're going to play small, which I think is going to be an interesting dynamic in the Valley. Um, but they have, the really, they have really good players. Everybody knows Rob Perry is a good player. They just lost a few games here. That I wish you'd had the back. That uh, UNC game was uh, was one that you wish you'd have won. The uh, Western Kentucky game is one you wish you should have won. You wish you'd have beat Appalachian State. It just didn't get it done. So, um, but I, Murray State, if you're in the top half of the league by the end the end of the season, I won't be shocked either way. Uh, Vance, after, with all that said, do you have any thoughts on uh, my rankings right now and where I had everybody? At first, I was going to go after Missouri State at four, but then, like, you got to give the undefeated teams their due. I mean, do we think Evansville is going to finish second in the Valley? Probably not. Um, but um, it is where we are today. Um, other than that, I mean, I think you're a little bit hard on uh, Drake, uh, but it is what it is there. Um, but other than that, I've got no no issues with it.
All right, Baker, let's get into our first round of pickums for the conference season. We're just going to do the conference games here. So starting uh, with Southern Illinois heading to Indiana State, Baker. Yeah, I got to go with the Sycamores in this game. Uh, Southern Illinois has played really well, but Indiana State has just been awesome. So give me the uh, Sycamores in this game. I agree. The Sycamores will uh, start off 1-0. and um, Wednesday, November 29th, Evansville is heading to Missouri State. I think this will be the first loss for Evansville. Um, this is a tough game for them, too. Uh, Missouri State's playing really well. Um, give me the Bears. Yeah, anyone else but Missouri State, I probably would have picked Evansville, but um, for the same reasons, I'm with you. Drake at Valpo. Yeah, I like Drake in this game. Really great, great spot for them to start playing Valparaiso. Um, this is this is the kind of game that they need to go on the road and play. It's uh, it'll kind of get their mojo back from that Texas Southern game. I agree with you, and then I agree for the same reasons on this next game. Belmont heading to Northern Iowa. I think Northern Iowa gets the job done and and needs this one um, uh, to start the season. Yeah, I think they start the season off right. The Jacobson knows how important these conference games are. Um, I think that they handle Belmont, although Belmont is coming off a couple of nice wins. Bradley heading to Murray, or sorry, Bradley heading to Murray State. I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I think Murray State is going to re- come ready to play, uh, but I will take Bradley in a close game. I will take Bradley as well. And then uh, your Redbirds are starting off at the UIC Flames at the Credit One Arena, Credit Union One Arena. Yeah, I love to th- love to pick my Redbirds here, but I don't think I can just being unbiased. I, I got to go with UIC in this game. Um, I think this is going to be one. This this is one of the more fascinating first games as well, just because um, I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams. So basically, uh, both of us picked two road teams: Drake at Valpo, and then um, uh, Bradley at Murray. Did we agree on all of them? We did. Oh boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry sorry to those other teams. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll go to the second uh, game of the uh, conference season part A. Uh, Northern Iowa heading to Evansville. Oh, I want to pick Evansville so bad, but I think Northern Iowa starts off 2-0. and Yeah, I think midnight has struck for um, Evansville Cinderella non-conference um, and start to the conference season. So I will take Northern Iowa as well. Valparaiso heading to Belmont. Uh, give me Belmont. I think Belmont takes care of business at home. Same. Uh, probably uh, one I'm most looking forward to is Indiana State heading to Bradley. Uh, give me the trees in the upset. I think this is going to be the first loss for the Bradley Braves. I really wanted to disagree with you, um, at least on one game, but I love the Sycamores as well um, in this game. Um, we do have a break in uh, conference. I, I uh, kind of forgot about this one, which is why Southern started is um, SLU is or St. Louis is heading to SIU in the Banterra Center. Yeah, nice, nice home game for the Salukis. Hopefully they can uh, play well in that game and uh, maybe get a win over St. Louis. It'll be tough yep. on them. Yep, so we'll go back to picking games here, Baker. Um, Missouri State at Drake. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. I believe in Darren DeVries, and I think he finds a way to win this game. But this game, this team, this is one of those scary games for Drake to be playing early in the season with uh, how well Missouri State played him last year. Uh, but give me Drake in a very close game. I will disagree with you, and I will go with the Bears. Um, I think it's time for uh, Dana Ford to sh- shed some of the uh, the the woes that he's had early on in the conference seasons um, of, of seasons past. There you go. Um, and then on Sunday, December 3rd, Murray State is heading to Illinois State. Yeah, I think Illinois State gets this one. I think that they're historically always a very good home team, and um... – They've been kind of going back and forth, you know, playing well, not playing well, playing well, not playing well. I think this will be the playing well game. Uh, I think they get it done on uh, Sunday against Murray State. And Baker, we have um, – Who's your pick, Vance? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, I will take your Redbirds at home for sure. So, Baker, um, you know, after the uh, conference part A starts, you know, we've got some non-conference before our next episode on December 8th dropping. Um, Any games that really stick out to you? Yeah, we can just run through them real fast here because there's only two days here, Vance, of games, and uh, I'll run through them quickly and then uh, see if you have any thoughts on these. Uh, Bradley plays at Akron uh, on uh, Tuesday, December 5th. That'll be a uh, tough game for Bradley. Akron's a pretty good team. Uh, Drake did just beat them handily, but – Hopefully Bradley can get a win there. Missouri State going to Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is not a bad team either, but uh, they just lost to UIC, so another uh, winnable game for them. Indiana State heading to Northern Illinois. 
really, uh, really easy. I think that should be an easy win for them. Uh, and then Evansville going out to Provo, Utah, going to play BYU. That'll be interesting after these conference games uh, to see if they can keep that non-conference mojo going uh, against the number 19 as of today, BYU Cougars. And then uh, a game I think you're interested on uh, this coming Tuesday night on December the 5th, Oklahoma State coming to the Banterra Center, Vance. Uh, pretty awesome. You got a Big 12 team coming in. Yeah, absolutely. We got pretty good uh, home non-conference with St. Louis uh, coming earlier that week and then um, Oklahoma State coming in. Um, yeah, excited. Hey, you know, for Oklahoma State, they play Creighton on Thursday and then they turn around the next Tuesday and play Southern Illinois. You know, you, I thought they were a Valley team of uh, the early 2000s. Yeah, I was just going to say, get your mid-2000 Valley fix. Um, oh, and on, then they go uh, to Tulsa. Then, then they go to Tulsa. Oh, you know? <laughs> instead of mid-2000s, mid-90s. Let's go to mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty wild. December the 6th, uh, last day we're going to talk about here. Uh, my Redbirds host Northern Kentucky. North Kentucky been a tough team in the past. Uh, should be a winnable game, though, for the Redbirds. Uh, Valparaiso going to Central Michigan. I think this is a winnable game for Valparaiso if they come in and ready to play. Um, hopefully they can get it done in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, I think a game that a lot of people will be circling, um, Drake hosting St. Louis. I think this is a very, uh, very good bellwether game for Drake to find out where they are kind of in that mid-major landscape, um, a winnable game, but they're going to have to play well to win that game. As we've seen uh, St. Louis played Illinois state earlier this year. Um, the final score was not was closer than the game actually was. So um, that's going to be a tough one for Drake. And we're going to find out more about St. Louis as they play your Salukis uh, before that as well. Um, Lipscomb is playing Belmont. That's a Nashville game. That's going to be a tough matchup just as a rivalry type of thing. Uh, I think Belmont can win this game. And I think the toughest game on that Wednesday night, uh, Richmond heading Northern Iowa. I think Northern Iowa can shed some of that um, non-conference baggage that they've got right now uh, with those tough losses that they've had. If they're healthy, this is a winnable game for them. And it could be a good win for them if they can get that game against Richmond. And that leads us into when we're going to release our next episode, December the 8th. Hey, just as non-conferences, I don't know why, but I always compare us to St. Louis, right? And so last year, St. Louis went four and zero against the Valley. We got to we got to shed that this this year, just because <laughs> the the A ten is a conference we always kind of compare ourselves to, and uh, we, yeah, we got to we got to take care of business against St. Louis. Yeah, we, and, we have been doing pretty. We, we've got some A ten wins though this year so far. I think it was George Washington last or last couple of days. The UIC won that game. So um, as a as a like division, you're absolutely right, man. We need to take care of business when we get these a 10 opportunities, you know, Richmond and St. Louis on the sixth, the uh, playing Valley, two of our best Valley teams. So yep. um, it could be opportunities here. Yeah. Before we close off shop here, Baker, I've got a couple of this or that's for you. So if you remember um, listeners, you know, this is a segment we do every once in a while where basically I give Baker two options. He has to pick from um, these, are the only options. So um, in light of MTE season being over, um, here's your two options. You and you. This is you as a fan, Baker. You every year you get to, you get an invite, and the Illinois State Redbirds get an invite to the Maui Invitational. So that um, the the big one that's on ESPN, you get to go to to Maui for that one, or okay. you get to go to Arch Madness every year. You only get to go to one of them. Arch Madness. Thank you. I was really hoping you were going to take a beach vacation every year, but um, nah, man, yeah. I can go to the beach anytime I want. I we can do that later. I'm not. I'm, listen, I I'm not gonna. I, yeah, this is no doubter. I'm a Valley guy. Give me a break. Okay, I'm glad how quickly you answered that one. All right. Um, second, to this or that? Will UIC or Evansville finish higher in conference? Whew. UIC. So you are drafting a MVC team. So you got every player this year that you can you can pick from. Who are you picking? Tucker, um, Tucker DeVries or Malavai Leo Leones? All right, say that one more time. Say the question one more time. So you get one pick. So you got to pick. So basically, it's like a draft, um, and you only get to pick from Tucker or Malavai. Who are you picking? Oh, God. Give me Tucker DeVries, but I hate not picking Malavai Leones. Okay. That's such a – that's a really good one. That's a hard one. I think if you ask me an hour from now, I might change my mind. But give me Tucker DeVries. 
All right. Uh, next fourth one here. Next to last. Um, the MVC champion conference season will have more or less than 15 wins. I would have so right as after. a reminder, I would have said right after yeah. that you're making me choose. Um, I'm going to say less. Okay. Yep. So uh, just a reminder for, for listeners out there last year, um, Bradley was 16 and four um, and that won the conference. Yeah. I would have said 15 this year, but um, yeah, if you're going to give me, if it's, if it's more or less, I got to go 14, six. And then um, the last one here. And once again, this is as of November 27th, the Missouri Valley will have one or two bids to the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're, we're, we're on pace for two. Like I have to say two with where we're sitting sitting right now in the metrics and where the league is and including my bias in that as well. I mean, yeah, I got to say two. All right. And that's a wrap on this. What do you epi- think? Uh, oh, well, um, I think we're, we're going to get two. I think uh, Bradley is going to hold serve um, and really kind of keep its name up there. And then uh, there'll be some March Madness magic. Can't wait. All right. That's a wrap on this episode uh, where we talked MTEs. We talked about uh, conference season part A. Uh, we did a little bit of this or that. Baker, where can people find us? Yeah, you guys can find us at uh, Twitter X, uh, March Arch Pod, March Arch Baker. Uh, March Arch Mailbag at uh, gmail.com is where you can send your long form responses. Uh, we are also on Instagram, March Arch Pod on there as well. You guys can follow along with us. We're going to try to do some more content there as we go. And uh, yeah, we will be back uh, recording. We kind of in the non-conference, as we kind of mentioned earlier in the season, with uh, with the, how schedule and life kind of happened, we're we're kind of doing things a little bit inconsistently. But um, the next time we have an episode to release will be December the eighth, and we talk about the uh, beginning games here, the regular season, some of those non-conference games we talked about. Look ahead. Um, we're also looking to have an interview or two uh, lined up for that episode as well. So uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. And with that. Go Valley. Start talking about the valley.